ですよ。Hello everyone, this is Wes Miller with Pigskins and Pageantry, a podcast dedicated to all things SEC football and proud member of Blue Wire Hustle. Join me, Jesse, and Matt each week as we discuss last week's games, news around the league, predictions for next week's matchups, and more. And what is up, everybody? It's Wes. Week three is in the books. Uh, some real interesting games uh, that occurred. And, you know, last week we did our first show under the Blue Wire Hustle moniker, but this is our first show at full strength. Under that uh, under that moniker, and so we are super stoked uh, to be a part of that, and uh, really excited to see um, how things progress with that. So, um, yeah, I mean, exciting uh, weeks worth of games, and as always, to talk about things with me, Jesse. What's going on? How, uh, how have you been? Um, my heart has had better days. I yeah. will never get back the moments that I lost off of my life. Uh, but we'll get there. We'll talk about it. Um, Jesse, you're so dramatic. Y'all, come on now. You're being ridiculous. Hey, I mean, a, a close game is uh, not exactly the norm for Bama fans. So uh, anyway, Matt, what's going on, my friend? How are you doing? Not much. I'm good. Just uh, glad my boys took care of business this weekend and hoping. Yeah, hoping, yeah. Hoping yeah, it was... that we can make it competitive this weekend. Yeah. Oh man. I, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited to, to glad, talk about that one. Glad you are, but <laughs> I, uh, mm, we'll talk about it. Hey man, I understand. All right. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and talk about those games, uh, from last week. Always remember if you ain't first, you're last. All right. Um, one of the uh, first games that we're going to talk about is uh, one that I didn't expect to have to talk about necessarily. And that was the uh, Chattanooga Mocs versus Kentucky. Um, oh. Yeah. Um, so the final score ended up being 28-23, Jesse getting the point in this one. Uh, but like I said, a surprisingly close game. This game was like back and forth. Like you were expecting like, you know, Kentucky is going to get it rolling eventually. Uh, but it just never really like happened in terms of them pulling away by a significant margin. Uh, Will Levis had a big touchdown pass. Uh, uh, later on to make uh, to make it 21 to 16. That was to Isaiah Cummings. And then uh, Tyrell uh, I, Ijan, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that last name correctly. Anyway, he had a 95-yard interception uh, return to give Kentucky a little breathing room. So it looked like, you know, things were going to kind of uh, go favor uh, Kentucky and they would pull away there. But uh, Mox wouldn't go away, uh, made it close 28-23, but Kentucky manages to hang on. Uh, despite rushing for their fewest yards since they played Bama last year, in which game it, I think they had like uh, 59, 59 yards rushing that game, something yeah. like that, yeah. So, uh, yeah, not a not a good performance here. Uh, unexpected. Uh, let's start with you, Jesse, on this one. What uh, what are your thoughts? At uh, obviously Kentucky, you know we we never really know, right? Um, especially this early in the season. But what what do you make of this? Yeah, I think a lot of Kentucky fans and other fans had some hope for them, you know, after the first two games, thought that it was it was going in the right direction. But, yeah, the inconsistency, and, of course, they did win, but still, the inconsistency in performance, I think, is, is an issue. Um, Levis did throw two interceptions. That's not great. You can't have that. 
Um, and across the board, I mean, they are very, very close um, as far as stats go. You know, total yards are very close. Mm-hmm. First downs, time of possession, it's all very, very close. Um, so for me, I don't know if, if they went in and they thought we're fine. You know, it's Chattanooga. It's not a big deal. And and didn't play as tuned up as they should have. But not a great look for Kentucky. I would imagine that practice with Coach Stoops is going to be a little rough this week. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think anybody's going to be uh, eating any bananas whole with the peel on and everything no. in, in celebration Clearly this week. Clearly it's not why, working. Why are we bringing that up again? So, um, Matt, you were smiling earlier, and I'm a little scared. What, what, are, you, what are your thoughts on this one? Uh, I – it's nice to see a University of Tennessee team making Kentucky work for it. <laughs> um, uh, we will wait, we wait, will wait, see- wait, wait, wait. Ah, Thanks, folks. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be I'll be here for another hour and a half. Um, yeah, I am. Um, I was shocked. I really was. I was expecting Kentucky to come in and beat the brakes off Chattanooga, and then Chattanooga turns around and actually makes it a competitive football game. Um, here, here's the thing that kind of kind of stood out to me. I went back and looked at some quotes that were said before this game. Um, and Levis was quoted as saying, and get this, it said, he said, quote, it all starts with preparation. Preparation. <laughs> it all starts with preparation. And Friday, we didn't have a good day of practice. You don't want that to leak in today, but obviously it did. So again, apparently Friday, they did not have a good day of practice. And it was kind of the writing on the wall there. Um, I'd like to know what the heck happened with Chris Rodriguez um, because yeah. he was incredibly quiet against UTC mm-hmm. 13 carries for 46 yards when he absolutely annihilated Missouri the week before for 206 yards. Like I don't, yeah. I don't understand where the disconnect was. And again, that, I think that comes down to preparation and execution. It sounds like, um, and please forgive me when I say this Kentucky fans, sounds like coach Stoops didn't keep him focused. Um, and it almost, almost, came back to bite them. And the other thing that kind of was interesting about this particular game is if Kentucky doesn't turn the ball over three times, maybe it's not this close. Yeah. Maybe it turns into a route. Um, but Kentucky just played sloppy at the beginning and didn't, and just left, left that, o- that door open and gave them too much of an opportunity. And obviously the moccasins took advantage. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I think to your point, I think it's one of those deals where, and we see this with teams that are growing, right, where sometimes they have games like this against a lesser opponent, and it's difficult to focus. You think that mm-hmm. you're just going to be able to walk in and walk out with a W, and, you know, um, obviously we know that's not the case. And so, um, you know, for Coach Stoops, I don't know, in a way games like this can be helpful because you still got the win, but mm-hmm. yet you have a huge coaching opportunity this week uh, to light a fire under the team. So it, it could work out. <laughs> Obviously they- oh, this whole week across the board, not just with Kentucky, we'll see it. I think with a lot of teams, this was like exposure weekend, right? If, mm-hmm. if there was weaknesses, they were exposed, whether you got a W or not. Um, that was the theme. My gosh, it was like head scratching weekend. I, I can't tell you how many games I watched this weekend and I was just like, eh? <laughs> what? I, what even, I th- even NFL, it was like well, the same yeah. way. What I thought I knew, I did not at all. So um, <clears throat> anyway, so uh, yeah, that's, uh, it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back from that. I mean, obviously it was a win, but just after that poor, 
performance, but uh, let's get to how, how does, yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. Real, real quick, how does uh, y'all know who Funny Man is, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, what's what's he say when a team? Oh, I remember. Struggle win. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, so we, we need we need to clip that and tag him. Definitely um, one of those. <laughs> oh man. Um, all right. So uh, speaking of uh, Bama fans, let's go ahead and talk about Alabama at Florida in the swamp. Um, Bama winning this one, close one, 31 to 29. And uh, Jesse, I know you're about to have a heart attack over there during this one. I want you to just paint a picture for the listeners. What was it like watching this game for you? And then what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? I was, it was my first game um, this season out watching it somewhere. I wouldn't Mm. watch another Um, one out. I would, I would. No, <laughs> no, I will not. I will not venture back. It's always um, risky, anyway, right? So it is. It is. We didn't. I didn't have great um, viewpoint at the TV either, which oh, was like no. not great. So I was there, and you know, we had a couple other Bama fans there. But this is like a very large two-story outdoor bar on the water, and. I'm there and I can hear someone cheering for Florida and I can't find mm. them. And my boyfriend can see me looking for them in the crowd. And he's like, you are not going to choose violence. You can't, you are find not going to choose violence. Like, what does that mean? Are you going to find them gonna... and go talk to them or something? No. <laughs> so I have a, a bad habit of Shut up. Uh, verbal altercations in, Jesse, um, in places. The, it's not you're, great. It's my you're that fan. I can't fathom you doing you that. that I, just, I can't. It's my <laughs> toxic trait. Um, and he's like, you, you're not going to do it. You're not. And we would like walk past somebody. And if they had on like an Auburn shirt or Clemson or, or Florida, he was like, don't say it. Don't say it. I feel like those commercials where it's like, you're turning into your parents. It's like, we all see it. We all see it. And he's like, don't do it. And I'm like, mm. I just want to um, know what, what were you going to do if you found them? Were you just going to go up and say, stop cheering? <laughs> like- <laughs> to see who they were. And I needed them to stop. I just, I don't know. I had no plan. <laughs> had no plan. I had no backup. But a confrontation was, a, was, was impending. So it was, but no, it was stressful. Um, obviously very happy in the first, uh, in the first half and, and even the first quarter. I mean, we, we built a 21 to three lead after one quarter, but yeah, we just, we couldn't stop the momentum that the Gators offense got, uh, especially through the run. Um, the ground game was, I think, huge for Florida. Um, they had a 99 yard touchdown drive in the second half. They, they really did well. Um, and, and to me, and I think coach Saban said it too, post game, I just did not feel like our defense was where they should be, where they had been. Um, I felt like they were so lights out in against Miami. And then we talked about kind of stumbling, not obviously we won against Mercer, but still was not the performance that we thought we were going to have. And coach Saban before that game said we had a bad practice. And so I just, I don't want it to continue to trend down. I want them to, to see this game and really have it light a fire under them. Um, we relied really heavy on our passing game, which is not surprising uh, after watching the last two games for Bama, we rushed for just 91 yards on 27 carries. Uh, Bryce Young threw 233 yards and three touchdowns. He was 22 of 35. Uh, Mechie had six receptions. So, I mean, we were doing well on the passing game, but I would definitely like us to to do a little better. Again, I think it was our defense. 
Um, and Florida, they actually had a pretty strong play from Emory Jones. I was a little surprised. And he completed 17 of 27 passes for 181 yards and also rushed for 80 yards and a touchdown on 19 attempts. So overall, I think, like I, I just said, this was exposure weekend. I think everyone thought that Bama's defense was going to be great. And we, we clearly have some holes. And we clearly have some things that we really need to clean up. And we need to not drink the rat poison of being number one because that did not help us at all. It was a very scary day in the swamp. So taking you back to the, the two-point conversion, what's going through your mind as they're lining up? I thought I was going to puke. <laughs> I am literally, I was like, everyone at my table is talking and I'm just like. Just, yeah. And I'm like, unwell. Unwell, guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, like you said, it was 21-3 before you could blink, basically. And then I just honestly expected that that was going to be the trend of the game. I expected to be ready to take a nap at halftime and, you know, just like, yeah, whatever. I was, Um, we were ordering bacon wrapped scallops. Like we were there, (laughs) we were in it. Is is that the sign of like a victory? (laughs) I I was feeling good. I was like, we're, we're fine. Let's get the barbecue bacon wrapped scallops. Okay. Let's have a beer. We're all chilling. And then all of a sudden I look up and I'm like, what happened? Right. In the midst of barbecue sauce, something has gone amiss. <laughs> well, I, you know, after Florida's first touchdown, uh, which was a 26-yard run by Malik Davis, the Chris Howard PAT failed, and that ended up being the difference in the game. Um, and they even mentioned it on air at the time. I, you know, as much as I hate to talk about Gary Danielson being correct, uh, he even said at the time, he was like, you know, what if that ends up being the difference in the game? And boy, if it, if it wasn't. It- it does all too, all too uh, many times. It is the difference. And as, as a Bama fan, we get it. It sucks to mi- miss a kick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, another thing, so talking about that two point conversion, I was uh, interest, interesting play call uh, because I'm trying to remember what the specific play was. It was like a designed run up the middle, wasn't it? Or so like a quarterback yeah, it, delay or something like that. Something strange. It, it was, it was strange, but it was like, did, did you think it would work? Which, I mean, uh, obviously. which is not the only questionable play call in a critical situation that we're going to talk ooh, about ooh, in this ooh, show. Ooh, ooh. There's some interesting ones like that. And we're t- I was listening to some other people talk about this. Like there's these offensive geniuses. Like we, we, we talk about Dan Mullen and as crazy as he is, he is a great offensive mind. But then you get a situation like this where you just look around like, what was that? <laughs> so, um, I don't know. Um, I was kind of shocked that Florida was even in this game. Uh, surprisingly, again, a surprise that their defense was able to get some stops when they needed to. I like hey. to make I like to make fun of Todd Grantham because he was terrible with us, um, and his uh, you know coaching style has kind of not necessarily benefited most of the people that he's been with throughout the years. Sure, the defense is going to be uh, intense; they're going to be flying around the field, but not necessarily in the right position. Um, <laughs> so, so. Um, you know, I kind of like to make fun of that, but hey, they got a few stops when they needed to, um, they and uh, I was not expecting that. I don't really know what like the real takeover uh, takeaway was from this game. I was like, so is this a sign of like cheeks, chinks in the armor for uh, for Bama, or is this like a sign that Florida's better than we thought? <laughs> like, I don't. I, a combination of both, I think. Like I said, I just really feel like it was exposure weekend for good or bad. Like. 
maybe right. Florida rise to the challenge and they can really beef up their defense better than it was last year. And maybe as much as it hurts me to say, Alabama needs to just take a step back and, you know, look, look inward. Well, yeah, and I, you know, that too, but I also think that, you know, a lot of people were ready to uh, basically write in Georgia's name for the SEC East, and I don't know if that's necessarily the case now, especially yeah. uh, when you see a performance like this, and we, we were ready to say Emory Jones is not the guy, and he had a uh, good play in this game, so don't worry, Matt, I'm not, I haven't forgot you, so uh, I, I what, you, what you got, man? I, uh, I let me go on record as saying this. Jesse, you may want to cover your ears or take your ear pods out or whatever you're doing. I was disappointed Florida lost this game. Um, only because I love chaos and I like seeing a one team, a number one team lose to somebody. Uh, I think this was a case of Florida playing up and Bama getting cocky, is what I think it was. Um, Bama has been used to steamrolling people. They'll continue steamrolling people. Uh, but Florida was on a different level on Saturday night. I'm hoping that comes back to play this weekend when they play Tennessee. But we'll talk about that when we get to the preview. Um, somebody said something. Matt, did you send it to us? That Somebody talking trash about Bama and how anybody that thinks Alabama's elite is, is insane. Was it you that uh, no, that wasn't me because I would be laughing that, at that person because Bama is elite. That was and I can say that. That was uh, posted on Saturday Down South, but it was yes. credit, credited to Chris Chris Doring, um, the Florida former Florida mm-hmm. player and current male model or whatever they. Yeah, whatever that's what it was. I, for some reason, I thought Matt, it was you that sent it. But no, you- <laughs> no, I, I would never even begin to dream to say something so erroneous and irrelevant as, as that statement. Um. The, the thing that really kind of – because I didn't have a chance to watch this game, and now that I found out that Gary Danielson was calling it, I'm so glad I did, um, did not. Because, um, again, Gary Danielson is a horse's ass. Um, we uh, – get the blank button ready. A blank button ready there, Wes. Um, uh, oh, no, I'm marking this one explicit. Okay, good, good, good. Go ahead. Um, I think you got to have a couple more cuss words here. I think you're right, but, you know, yeah. what the heck. Uh, here, here's the kicker. Um 11 penalties for 75 yards against Alabama. I, th- I would love to see the stat line because I feel like we've talked a lot about Bama penalties over the last four games or last three games. Um, it seems like that's happening quite a bit. Uh, along with that, I am, uh, I'm curious as to how Saban's going to respond going forward. Uh, he had a presser, uh, I think today or yesterday, where he discussed that he was not real happy with, obviously not happy with this performance, not to mention the fact, excuse me, not to mention the fact that, you know, Bama has all of these great players and they, they played great for a quarter, but they can't, they can't maintain that intensity. We've seen that a couple of times this season where they've, they've looked really, 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 really solid. And then all of a sudden that intensity starts to tank. Um, That's an interesting little thing, but here's the big takeaway I take from this. And, and Jesse's not going to like this again. But I think um, I think that this game proved that Bama is beatable. Um, you have to play on a different level. You have to play like a madman. Um, and you have to take some risks. And you have to have the dices, the, the dices, the dice go your way. Um, but Bama is beatable. Um, they are not a juggernaut that can't be beat. 
So I think that's the big takeaway from this. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens going forward because, again, Bama has elite players, elite coaching. Um, but the, the, I think that this proved that they were beatable this season. Um, we'll see if anybody can rise to the challenge. And I, but I, but I, I'm going to go ahead and put this pin in the board. I don't think it'll be Georgia. I mean, you know who I'm worried that it might be? Who's that? Who do I hate most of all? Wait. Oh. Miss it, uh, Texas A&M? No. no, no you, I don't. No. I don't you know who? Uh, I think uh, maybe. What I would be worried about is in not this weekend, but the following Ole weekend. Oh, Miss. That's true. Oh, Ole, God. Oh, Miss has yeah. got a little bit of defense now. And if they can out, if they can outrun you. Oh, yeah. that would be such. Oh, that would be such. Oh, mwah, que bella. Oh, chef's I, kiss. Mwah, hey, I'm mwah, not saying. I'm not saying they're going to win, great. but I think it's going to be one of those like ones for the Aww. ages, like a barn what, burner. What if Aww, Lane I'm going to be Kiffin so unwell? Is the guy that breaks the saving curse and is I, the I, first assistant to beat him? I will not be on the show oh. that week. Be gone. I don't know where you, I'll be. You have to. Gone. Poor poor Matt comes on here like every week in Tennessee's lost and 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 you know he's a trooper. And you, after one, you can't sit it out. Come on. I know. I'm <laughs> kidding, but I'll be so unwell. Uh, I I cannot even begin to describe the excitement. The examination. Start start your prayers. Oh my god, it was <laughs> so great. Start. I won't I just, look for a fight. I won't just, look for a fight in a bar. I won't. Yes. <laughs> I just I just want to see a good game. I think it's going to. I think it's going I, to be one. I'm going to do this right now, Wes. You write this down. If uh, okay. Ole Miss finds a way to beat Bama, I will buy an Ole Miss shirt, and I will wear it proudly. Okay, writing it down. I've... An Ole Miss shirt. Wow. I will drink I will, wine on the show out of the money. bottle. I will spend money on and send money to the University of. You're gonna Michigan. you're gonna buy one of Lane Kiffin's LFG shirts, yes. aren't you? Yes, I will, <laughs> and I will wear it the very next week on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but they got to win first, right? 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 They do. They do. Okay. Uh, all right. Um, well, that, hey, I'm kind of even more excited about that one now. So. Nope. Um, all right, let's get to uh, Mississippi State at Memphis. Uh, Memphis winning this one. And, yeah, Jesse <sighs> is the only, only one to pick them. So uh, not having faith in the conference helps you that time. So, um, I didn't want to be right. Yeah, no, I, I You shouldn't get, have been right. Yeah, and that is that is the truth, as we'll see here shortly. So, actually, I was a little bit surprised, though, because uh, Mississippi State actually – kind of dominated this game really if you look at the stats and what i want you guys and you've probably already seen it is the absolute video game stats that will rogers has he completed 50 passes i saw that 50 for 419 yards three touchdowns of course i mean this is not yeah this is not unusual for a mike leach offense i suppose but i mean it, the fact that they threw it almost 70 times is just as a georgia fan who like we were like traditionally run first pass second uh that just boggles the mind so um but yeah uh, mississippi state's de uh, defense they did pretty well against memphis's uh you know highly powered offense or it's been touted as such and uh, uh like we said offense for the game was lopsided mississippi state 468 to memphis's 246 uh memphis had a turnover uh mississippi state even controlled time of possession like 37 to 32 ish 
And then uh, first downs, Mississippi State 26 to Memphis is 12. However, the only thing that they got counts more points. They got is more the scoreboard. They got the stat. Yeah, the stat that mattered is the one where they won. <laughs> and unfortunately, they came up short on that one. So a super weird punt return, which I don't know if, if the listeners have I seen this. It. Yeah. And um, so uh, it was returned 94 yards by Memphis, Miss, Mississippi State player. So it bounced off like a guy's foot. Another guy came sliding in to the ball where it had come to rest. And he like did that deal where, you know, like he, he grabbed the ball with his hand, but it was like pressed against the ground. He didn't like pick it up. You know what I mean? Um, and so I guess he thought, okay, I put my hand on the ball. I've possessed the ball and I'm good. Well, it, the ref even like dropped his little bean, bean bag and kind of signaled, uh, however, like the Memphis player, um, what's his name? Calvin Austin. He comes zooming in, grabs the ball, and uh, returns it through all the bewildered players, <laughs> uh, 94 yards. And so, all right, so SEC issued a statement mm. on this, as they've had to do multiple times recently. They were busy. I'm telling you, their their office is like just typing away all Saturday. Um they issued a tweet after the game arguing that the punt return should have been reviewed after the back judge, part of the SEC crew, signaled the uh, signaled to stop the clock after the punt of ball stopped moving. Signal went unseen, or and that actually just let him play it, I guess, even after his little uh, signal or whatever. Um, however, that's actually not even like the most egregious, I guess, whatever you want to call it. Like there were two number fours on the field for Memphis throughout this mm -hmm. whole play. And they didn't see that. So uh, that should have been a penalty and none of that should have ever happened. Um, so um, yeah, truth. What a weekend. I know. And, and obviously looking at the score, that was uh, the difference. Um, and so officiating crew cost them the game on those two uh, missed calls. The inadvertent signal uh, should have stopped the play and then the duplicate uniform numbers. So they just... <laughs> <laughs> totally messed up on that one. Um, Matt, I want to start with you first on this one. What are your thoughts on just this, the, just all of this? <laughs> let me, uh, let me go on record as saying that was the most ridiculous, most ridiculous, like screw up I've ever seen in a college football game. Guy downs the ball, the lines or the judge throws the beanbag down saying the ball is at that spot. Mm -hmm. And then home skillet comes and picks it up and takes off with it. And nobody whistled to play dead. <laughs> now, every football game I've ever seen, when the other team catches the punt, they down it. The whistle blows and that's it. Nobody blew a whistle. I don't mm -hmm. understand what happened there. Um, it, it, Memphis isn't an awful team. This is an undefeated mm -hmm. Memphis team. So th the fact that Memphis was able to roll this out doesn't shock me too much. I mean, Granted, they've got wins against Nickel State and Arkansas State, which, by the way, take that butch. Um, um, sorry, red not bitter. Flames, 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 flames. Um, sorry, uh, but you know this isn't a Memphis team that's awful. So, and Mississippi State has struggled, um, but this shouldn't have happened. It shouldn't have happened. It should have been played. It should have been called dead. And here's the kicker: is not only did they screw up the call. Nobody in the booth said, you know what? Maybe we should go back and look at this to see if the ball was yeah. What? How? How? Game How changing that play. Yeah, like that's, nah. that's the game deciding touchdown. How the heck do you screw that up? And so I'm just like, 
Okay. All right. I reckon kudos to Memphis for pulling that one off. I, oh, man. I tell you, SEC, we've talked a lot about SEC officiating, I feel like, over the last two or three years, and I feel like it's getting worse and worse every year. And that's not a good sign. No. Um, and that's that's very disconcerting. And it's By the embarrassing. Way, it, it, definitely, it definitely is. By the way, I want to switch gears real quick to talk about Coach Leach. Yeah. Coach Leach had a, uh, a quote after the game that I thought would kind of fit into uh, our, our, our Mike Leach kind of pantheon of little things that he says that are just kind of entertaining but don't really have any substance. <laughs> listen, listen to this quote. Quote, sometimes you try to boost morale. Sometimes morale doesn't need to be boosted. Now you need to boost something, but it's not always morale that needs to be boosted. And between now and Sunday, I'm going to figure out that I'm going to figure out what it is that needs to be boosted and whether I'm right or not, we're going to boost something. <laughs> what? <laughs> what is all that? I love it. I want that on a shirt. I want it across <laughs> my chest on a t-shirt because that yeah. is the best football quote ever. Yeah, I, it, I read that and I was like. Inspirational thoughts it, it, with like, Mike Leach. If Coach Drinky tried to pull that off, his his he would blow his aorta out. It would just explode, and he'd drop dead on the sideline. But Mike Leach rattled that off like no problem because it's Mike freaking Leach. Because it just it it just comes to his mind and out his mouth. Just Man. he also said, I "Think Memphis played more mature than we did." I don't know exactly what that means, <laughs> but they were more advanced than we were. <laughs> Oh, I this, swear the this is, is why. This is character. why. Like, is... I don't care. Like, it's just the sheer entertainment factor. And I, I honestly, I, I feel bad that they lost because we we have to keep this guy in the league for stuff like I that. Know. <laughs> um, I know. I know. Makes so. me sad. There, but this was another like uh, failed two point conversion too. I think we saw. I don't know how oh. many failed two point conversions we saw this week, but a lot of that going around. This mm-hmm. was another one. Um, can't can't have that yeah did you have any more thoughts jesse on the game itself or i mean no it it was sad to see the score it made me sad yeah i I mean and the officiating is 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 huge um i just had mike leach quotes mostly um so (laughs) i've got to go find that quote um because i want to hear it because as with most mike leach quotes it's not just the words; it's the delivery <laughs> that gets His me. intonation of it. <laughs> yeah, you know, sometimes you got to boost things. And, uh... <laughs> yeah, and it's just like as only he can do. It's like, oh yeah, this is classic. So. <laughs> and the reporter's probably like, I don't really know what like a follow up question is to that. As we were saying like two year, two or three years before he even got in the SEC. Mike Leach is a national treasure. So yep. <laughs> he is. By the way, I need to take I need to to print that off and give it to the language arts teachers at my school. Yeah. Just just to let them pull that thing apart and be like, just tell me, just tell me where, where the dream went awry. Because I'm curious what you think. What's your professional opinion on this particular thing? You know what I would Their really love to see? Would... I would oh, I would, would love to see that sentence diagrammed. I want to see, I want to see it. No. <laughs> Oh my God. I don't think I, I can do it. I don't even, let me, hold on, hold on. I, you know, there's no chance in heck that you could, you could diagram that How, sentence out. I was like, it's going to be like five different it's pages. Not, not, it would have like 16 different subjects. Your brain. That's yeah. something that the teachers, if they want to keep their kids busy and they don't want to deal with them, put right. that on the board and say, diagram this. That's an idea for tomorrow. That's busy work. <laughs> I love it. 
All right, let's talk about Auburn at Penn State, um, which was uh, the evening game. Uh, Penn State won this one 28 to 20. Matt's the only one to pick Penn State, so he gets the point. Uh, the whiteouts, yeah. the whiteouts are a different beast, man. Not if that it was, game it was not, wild. If that had been a regular game, Auburn probably would have beaten by two scores. But the fact that it was a whiteout, I knew people that difference. I graduated with, or you know, graduated a year after me, that were there mm-hmm. wearing Penn State stuff. Yeah, I I saw that that was the thing. Some uh, some Bama fans going up there just to root against Auburn. That's awful. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. terrible. Y'all are petty. Don't be petty. Don't move me into this crowd. Uh, <laughs> I start bar fights. I don't travel. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, so uh, like Tank Bigsby, unbelievable player. Uh, great stat line. 23 carries, 102 yards, two touchdowns. Bo Nix, we've talked about it. It's just... And also his his uh, the change or the difference in his performance from uh, home versus away is also vastly different as well. And I think it kind of showed this game as well. Um, I don't really think he's the answer. I just don't. Um, so now that said, we were talking about the questionable calls earlier. When it's fourth and goal on the two yard line, and you got a mobile quarterback, I think you just got to roll him out let him make some some decisions maybe he can run it in maybe he can as he's rolling across he can find the open man uh but you don't throw a fade to the corner that's what you don't do oh Wes, let me interrupt you because you do you do throw a fade if you have a quarterback that can make that throw and has shown shown you that you can make that throw in a a game situation bonix cannot make that throw right you gotta play to his strengths exactly if so that play call in that particular situation doesn't make sense because Bo Nix is not the guy. You're not that guy, pal. But it also, um, they also he's not the guy to to just make a decision on the fly. Like he's he's oh, not no. good in clutch situations. There were a couple of times he yeah. chunked the ball up, and I was like, "Where are you throwing it to, dude?" Because there was one where he had a guy open on the sideline, and he was trying to put it like on his inside shoulder so he could catch it here, but mm-hmm. the ball's over here. Oh, I and, saw that where and, it went and the, over. And the receiver had to turn yeah. all the way around. Like I one time he didn't it, even see the ball. That's that's the play I'm talking about. I yeah. was like, yeah. I don't even know what you're throwing at. And again, I'm not gonna sit here and bash Bo Nix because he had a bad, you know, I'm sure he feels awful about things, but it's just I don't understand how in in West we talked about this. Who's the offensive coordinator for Auburn right now? Mike Bobo. Mike Bobo, baby. And so there's there's, there's your Mike Bobo showing up again. But see, um, that's the thing is that um, in true Mike Bobo fashion, it, it'll call like a great game. They'll have a lot of great plays. And then like just in, in a, a critical situation like this, there's a play call. And again, you're like, what? <laughs> what was that? But um, Bo Nix too, if you watched Bo Nix on the sideline, anytime they pan to him, you mm-hmm. could tell he was not up for that pressure. He's on the sideline with a towel over his head like he this. was. He yeah. had his helmet at one point and had chunked it on the ground. Like yeah. he's down like this. Yeah. He is not the guy that can handle that amount of pressure, especially like Matt was saying, in a whiteout. That's a that's even yeah. more pressure than a normal yeah. football game. But he typically, as we've seen, it just starts to crumble. And you can't have that you need somebody that is you know you're like a duck it just rolls off your back because you can't you can't show people that you're getting they're getting to you because then the fans are seeing that the other team's seeing it and they're like 
oh yeah, this is, this is working. Yeah. Well, to his credit, he didn't have any picks, but like we were saying, not, not some uh, good decisions, uh, not very accurate on some others. Now, uh, Brian Harson, as a, you know, as a head coach is going to do, he defended the play call. He said, Nick's actually did have options, but just went with what he saw. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I, I think he's going to say that, you know, to defend his coaches, to, to defend the play calling. Um, now, obviously, uh, this loss to a quality opponent, I don't think it's going to hurt Auburn. I think in AP, um, they only dropped to what, 23, they were 22, I think, and they dropped to 23. Yeah. It wasn't bad. Um, and obviously it's out of conference too. It's not a conference loss. So, um, we'll see how they're going to, how they do once the, uh, SEC schedule, uh, heats up. So, by, um, by, by the by guys, uh, Auburn, and this is an interesting stat at Auburn is one in five against top 25 teams since last year. That's huh. pretty rough. So in order to make Auburn fans feel better, I went out and I got a couple things for you. Um, okay. hold on just a minute. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Matt, so Matt, you're a giver. I am. I'm such a giver. So first off, um, here's a book for you. Uh, this is a, uh, a third serving of chicken soup for the soul. Cause obviously you guys need a little bit of, uh, uh, uh what's it, what's it say on here? Uh, hold on to open the heart and rekindle the spirit. I really oh, feel like that'll be that. beneficial for you. Um, this footprints on my heart section is actually really, really good. Mm-hmm. So you're going to uh-huh. want to pay attention to that. Um, okay. So that's pretty good. And then also I, uh, I made you a nice hot cup of tea to go with your book. Um, so you guys can enjoy that and get some, coffee right uh, meow. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, also, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll send some thoughts and prayers your way. Cause that's a rough loss. It's really rough loss. It is. it is rough. And you know, we were talking about really bad calls. Mm-hmm. The one in this oh, game where they yeah. punted on third down because they were just like, we don't know what it, Oh yeah, SEC shorts. If you haven't seen it this week, you got to watch because it's it's too accurate. And they didn't even talk about Mississippi State, (laughs) so they could have had even more of a field day. No, for Um, those that didn't see it, it was third down. It was supposed to be third down, and they messed up. And they had instead of second down, they had it as third down. So they ended up because they ended up punting on third, an actual third down. It's, like I said before, it's embarrassing. And it, like it's it's just, each week is like something different. Um, and also the uh, the targeting thing. The oh. uh, where they were. Oh. oh, why oh. did you bring it up? Oh. Wes, I forgot oh. about it. Both, it such a both players. Because oh. like, here's the deal. If both players like, so the offensive guy is literally diving. He's low. What is the defender supposed to do? He's not supposed to do anything. You got to keep the guy out of the end zone. And the cat led with his shoulder for the most part. It was incidental contact on the helmets. If you want to, and I said it when we talked about it, you can, you can, you want to call a penalty there, a a helmet to helmet contact penalty? Sure. Go ahead. But you can't eject that kid from the football game for making that play. He's doing everything he can to keep that guy out of the end zone. Absolutely. That garbage. was and well and then they're like okay it's we're gonna review it and i'm sitting on the couch at this point um and i'm like oh they're they're gonna review it it's fine like i get if you're watching it in real time sure you're gonna call it but they'll review it'll be fine and then they come back and they're Mm -mm. like ruling on the field has been confirmed i was like i'm sorry pardon yeah and i I just go back to like in the position that the offensive player is in diving into the end zone 
there's literally so the defender's job is to keep him out of the end zone. There's literally nothing else he could have done differently on that play. Um, so I, yeah. The again. thing too about um, like admitting to mistakes about um, it being a third down instead of fourth down. Mm -hmm. SEC did come out again, very busy weekend for them. Mm -hmm. um, and they acknowledged it and they said that it wasn't just the the crew on the field the replay booth was consulted to confirm the down prior to the punt the replay booth had the down as fourth down as well the error that was discovered is, oh. during the media timeout that followed the punt and by rule it could not be corrected at that time honey what is y'all doing uh, i don't get it it makes no sense uh, yeah how many times did we see i mean you just listed a couple where they could have got it right with review. We uh, the Mississippi State game before they should have reviewed it. And did all of the officials the just get hammered before the game? <laughs> I don't. I mean, this is like could be. I don't know what they're doing up there, but uh, it, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't the right thing. So my gosh, Woof. awful. Uh, all right, let's let's talk about some of these uh, less competitive games, and then I'm gonna go through the blowouts, Wes. Use the right terminology. You got it labeled on the screen as blowouts. Let's, let's uh, yeah, we'll get through these. And, and uh, that man said less competitive. Less com I'm going to start calling you coach drinky with that kind of talk. Oh man. I'm trying to look out for everyone's feelings here on, on the podcast. Anyway. Um, all right. So, uh, and I had Georgia as one of these games too. So, Hey, you know, whatever. Um, all right. So there was uh, New Mexico at Texas A&M, uh, A&M winning this one 34 to zero. I got the point. Um, Southeast Missouri State, the Red Hawks at Mizzou. Uh, Mizzou winning this one 59 to 28. Matt getting the point. And then next we had Tennessee Tech versus Tennessee. Don't worry, Matt. I, we can come back to this one. Uh, there's, no, there's really not a lot to talk about. Tennessee beat yeah. the crap out of them. Yeah, 56-0. Uh, Matt got the that's, point. I think that's our first 50-burger in like eight years. Like, I can't remember the last time Tennessee put up 50-plus points. Keep going. I'm going to look. I'm going to look. I'm okay. Look. I yeah, look I, I actually got a, a question about that game, too, so we'll come back to it. Uh, Georgia Southern was the next one at Arkansas. Uh, Arkansas winning that one 45-10. Matt getting the point in that one. Um, next was South Carolina at Georgia. Georgia winning this one 40-13. Jesse getting the point in this one. Um, and I have something to say about that one, too. <laughs> Uh, Central Michigan at LSU. LSU winning this one 49-21. Um, this was another one where we were tied. We had to do the math. I got the point on this one. It's funny. It's funny uh, how those those weird ones hey, keep coming down to you winning, Wes. Hey, hey, it's right there in just black saying, and white. Okay. He bolded it. It's not right. I don't scruffy. want there's gonna be, yeah, we're we are, you know, on the level here. So um, all right, uh, Tulane at Ole Miss, Ole Miss winning this one 61 to 21. Uh, Matt Corral accounting for seven total touchdowns in this game, three passing, three, uh, four rushing. Um, and then, yeah, the final one of the day was Stanford at Vanderbilt. I held out hope that perhaps Vanderbilt might be able to pull off some kind of upset, but um, in the end, couldn't get it done. Stanford winning this one pretty big, 41 to 23. Um, I got the point in this one. So um, let's go back to, uh, was it uh, Tennessee Tech at Tennessee? What, uh, what stats La you got on that La one? Last 50 burger that Tennessee had was against East Tennessee State when they beat them 59 to three in 2018. So it's been relatively recent, but still. Yeah. 
Well, so uh, I got to ask you, um, Hendon Hooker, you know, passing for almost 200 yards and three touchdowns did, um, obviously I know it's Tennessee Tech, but from what he showed you, do you think that you have a better chance to win with him under center? You're hesitating, which <laughs> I don't know. Listen, it's so hard to compare what you're seeing against Tennessee with, with Tennessee and Tennessee Tech versus what you're going to see this weekend with Tennessee and Florida. Now, is Hooker the guy? I don't know. Uh, I know Harrison Bailey got a couple of snaps. Um, I think he actually had a touchdown drive, if I remember correctly. Um, but then again, everybody had a touchdown drive on Saturday against Tennessee Tech. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know. I want to say he looked pretty good in a couple different spots. I mean, obviously slung the ball pretty well, but whether he's the guy yet or not, I don't know. Well, I let can't, me I can't let me that. rephrase that. Then did he did he miss open guys like we saw a lot of with Milton? I don't recall seeing a lot of open guys get missed. But then again, you got to give you got to give him the benefit too because it was the first game. It was also the first couple drives. As he was probably all jacked up with his adrenaline. So yeah, I, that's fair. I, I, I don't know. I feel okay. like I say that a lot on the podcast is I don't know. I don't know. Well, you know, I, know hey, I mean, ha- half of this is just conjecture anyway. Right. But, yeah, uh, yeah. But it's just, Insane. it's just fun. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, I did want to say one thing about the Georgia South Carolina game. Obviously we, we won, we, we should have, it was, you know, should have pummeled them. Um, what I, what I am frustrated about is you're rolling in the game your first two possessions you get touchdowns third possession of the game you roll out Stetson Bennett out there and I get it the guy has been loyal to Georgia he's been through a lot uh but that's just an absolute momentum killer when you've been rolling along and you know the first the first pass with Bennett in is a pick and I remember thinking like, so I had actually just, I had walked out of the room for a second and I walked back in and I was like, oh, wow, JT, man, he just made a mistake. And then I looked and it's Bennett. And I was like, why is he in the game? And like, don't get me wrong. I, I like the guy, you know, he's, you know, he's a Georgia boy, all that stuff, blah, blah, blah. But, um, but why, why are, why are we breaking the momentum? We're rolling along. And I was, I can't remember if it was uh, Holly Rowe, who was uh, the sideline reporter. Anyways, one of them was saying, that uh, Kirby had said that um, both quarterbacks had earned the right to play. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, is this real life? (laughs) Like, are we, are we looking at the same thing? Because again, I get it. Bennett has been, you know, good when we needed him last year and everything, but man, there's just, there's no, there's no comparison. I don't think When, when JT's in the game, you're, you're stretching the field. Um, He's, you know, making those touch passes, uh, to you know, to the guys on on the outside, and it just I, I don't I don't know I don't get it I don't know I don't know. <laughs> you talk about I don't know, Matt. I just I I I watched that and I was like, what what are we doing? Like you 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 curb stomp the competition and then you put in the second guy. Not like oh we scored a couple of touchdowns. Let's let's push pause on the game and just sort of do this. No, you you keep rolling. Like I just I didn't get it. So it it's was not a, upward. Not everybody gets to play. Not everybody is a winner. It was, it was a point yeah. of, and, and don't get me wrong. Like I said, we were able to do what we needed to do, but my gosh, it was just a point of frustration with me. I was like, we can't, we can't do this. We can't do things like this. We, uh, especially when you're dealing you know, you have to consider things with like the committee 
later on too. It's not just about winning the game. You got to look stellar doing it. So we can't do any of this. Oh, well, we scored a couple of times. Let's, let's just roll out somebody else at quarterback now. Like I, I just don't get it. Yeah. I don't understand it either. Um, the whole situation in that score, sounds really weird. Like I don't like, it would almost be like the equivalent of, I'll give you an example. And I'm not saying that, uh, um, um, uh, not Stetson Bennett. What's the other fellow's name? JT Daniels. Thank JT you. Daniels. I'm not saying JT Daniels is Peyton Manning by any stretch of the imagination, but if Philip Fulmer in 1996 or 1995 had decided after a couple touchdowns against Florida to pull Peyton Manning out and put in like Todd Helton or something, or not Todd Helton, who was his backup? Todd Helton's a baseball player. Yes, but he was, <laughs> but he was also Peyton Manning's backup uh, when he was at Tennessee. Um, so I did get that name right. It was Todd Helton. It's just, it's, it's it's jarring. It makes no sense, and I don't understand why nice. why Kirby makes that decision. And he's done it a couple times, right? Didn't he do that in the first game too? Um, well, no. So the second game, JT was kind of nursing an injury, and oh, that's so right. that was understandable. And obviously, it was against uh, UAB. Um, so uh, it makes no sense to me. He threw. No um, he threw. T- he completed ten passes. Five of them were touchdowns. <laughs> so. Um, so that's kind of how that day went, but, uh, but yeah, you can't do that against, uh, um, obviously they still got away with it against South Carolina, but um, again, it's like, I, why, why are we doing this? I, I could understand. Yes. We're way out in the lead and maybe the first half is over. Maybe we're in the third, maybe fourth quarter. Then you start rolling your other guys out. Heck I'd like to see Brock Vandegrift take a few snaps, maybe even, uh, get into your, your depth chart then, but not in like the first quarter. I mean, that's kind of like, oh, well. Anyway, uh, yeah, that was just kind of a rant for me because I was like, I, and you guys saw me blowing up the uh, the group text. I was like, what? Yeah, there was, some, there was definitely some things said about that. Yeah. By the way, I do, I do want to point out this quote by Shane Beamer in regard to George's defense. I thought this was kind of interesting. He said, quote, they're not doing anything special on defense. They're just really good. Ah! expert analysis shane love it hey i'll great i'll take i'll take that hey you know whatever so uh, by the way that's shane beamer's first loss as a head coach is to georgia so yeah you got that going for you that that looks a lot better than your first loss being to east carolina so yeah. <laughs> that's true um anyway so after last week's games uh the current pick'em standings are matt is currently in the lead took the lead there. <laughs> look at you Yes, sir. Uh, with with thirteen, I got to find an actual clip of of uh, Pittman doing that. We can play. You guys can have like a, a yes, sir uh, competition cool. or whatever. Yeah, um, and then uh, I have twelve, and Jesse has ten. So I mean, we're all just kind of right there. So um, I like it. It's exciting um, and and very competitive. Not a blowout. So, <laughs> so um, all right, mm. so. Um, that does it for the last week's games. Let's get on to um, our opinion segment, which I'm uh, interested to hear what you guys have to say about this one. Sir, if I may venture an opinion. I'm not really interested in your opinion, 3PO. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, so opinion. And this is not just my opinion. I've been hearing this from several people lately, um, several experts lately, and that is, Matt Corral is the best quarterback in the country right now. I want to know what you guys think. 
Um, Matt, let's start with you first. Do you agree with this statement? And if not, who would you put there? I think Bryce Young has something to say about that right now, to be honest with you. Um, let's remember Bryce Young has looked pretty good, pretty solid here and there. Uh, Matt Corral has also looked really good, but I just don't I, – I don't see that someone's going to give the Heisman to – Ole Miss unless Ole Miss is winning more football games. Mm-hmm. If, if if Ole Miss goes eight and four, no shot. Um, they don't give Heisman's out to teams that are they're not they don't give Heisman's out to individuals on teams that aren't in the national picture. Um, I really think that Bryce Young's the is the better angle there. And I, and that's going strictly off of trends that we've seen in the past. You know, the Heisman um, Heisman people who I already have a very low opinion of to begin with. Um, as we've discussed ad nauseum on the podcast, um, you know, they're, they're going to look for something flashy. They're going to look for someone who's in the top three, top four, top five, what have you. And I just don't see if I don't see Ole Miss making that turn. Now I could be wrong. Um, they could, they could surprise us, but I, I, I doubt it. I sincerely doubt it. Another name that's been thrown around is, uh, Kenneth Walker, the third out of Michigan state. Um, he's mm-hmm. having a pretty good, pretty good season up there. They're uh, carrying the rock form too. Um, he has 57 carries for 493 yards right now. So and six touchdowns. So he's um, he's he's hitting people left and right too. So he's another name that's out there along with Bryce and Matt Corral and the rest. Um, so it, and you know how love how those Heisman voters love Big Ten teams. So right, uh, Jesse, what do you think? I I agree with Matt. I. I don't when if you would say like who do you think is the best quarterback in the country, Matt Corral would not come to my mind, um, and it's not because he's at Ole Miss or plays for Lane Kiffin. I just think while he's done really well so far this year in three games, you know if you remember last year he was very hot or cold, very hot or cold, and that does show some growth for him, but. I, He's, he's not the guy that I'm like, man, he has a lot of moxie. He's like really a team leader. I really see him um, making it on the national stage. I really see him making an impact and um, really decimating other, other schools and maybe, but I would say Bryce Young is obviously a contender, but to be honest, I know we're talking about who is the best quarterback in the country and we're not talking about the Heisman, but I don't know that a Heisman is a quarterback this year. Who, who, who won it last it? year? Devontae Smith. Oh, that's right. So, um, so if you don't think it's a quarterback, who, who's your Heisman front runner right now? That's tough. Um, I mean, there's a lot of good names out there, and and obviously we're still early too. But come uh, on defense. Yeah, I know, right? Shoot, Man, would that no, be something? No, 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 <laughs> no, absolutely not. Put a cork in that right now. You do not give the Heisman to a guy that plays defense. It's funny. I think that's that's ridiculous, and I hope you're joking, Matt. Because I'm not uh, joking. By God, I'm still pissed about that daggum fool out of Michigan getting it. Why y'all got to get me worked? I was gonna say that was uh, that was Charles Woodson. I can't imagine who he was going against. Um, That is wrong. (laughs) Good time. Good anyway, time. see, you did that just to needle me. That's I, not I actually right. didn't. I, I actually kind of forgot about that. I did. Uh... I just think because I think the Heisman, obviously, I was very excited when Devontae won it. But because of a, the feelings we have about the Heisman, I just think it'd be fun. 
Why not? Who cares? It would it would be kind of cool. I mean, obviously, if they're a big game changer, which I mean, you can have. I mean, it's not going to yeah. be every year, but you've got some. You know, some years you've got your your safeties, your DBs who are absolute game changers. I want a I want so, a linebacker. I want yeah. a linebacker. <laughs> yeah, come off it. There's no chance in hell they ever give it to another defensive guy. The only reason Woodson won it in '97 is because he uh, was a punt return specialist. You know who's the last person I can think who is in the running though? Manti Teo. That's right. And he was. Is, fake, is he, that the fake girlfriend? Fake girlfriend. Yeah, the same fake guy. Girlfriend. Notre Dame fake girlfriend. Yeah, and uh, what was it that year? He didn't win the Heisman. He won something else. Maxwell right? Award, right? Yeah, it was something. Remember. But uh, but yeah, I remember that. And he he was a linebacker, right? Yeah, he was a linebacker. Um, but uh, oh man, how uh, how fast. Uh, we we fall because man after that whole thing came out and then when he went to the nfl he just didn't really yeah he won he won the maxwell award in 2012 the lot trophy in 2012 the chuck bednarik award in 2012 the walter camp award in 2012 he was everything the bronco nagurski trophy in 2012 the buckus award in 2012 the lombardi award in 2012 and he was a unanimous all-american in 2012 and everybody was here everybody was in his corner because they they were this this horrible story um, His girlfriend is dead. Right. Well, wasn't it? Well, obviously. Um, so it was like two at once, right? Because his, his mother also passed, right? Or it was something like that. He had like two I, deaths in I, the family. I just remember the girlfriend and everyone's like, oh my God, oh my God. And then it's like, oh no, she ain't real. Right. And then obviously it was a typical Notre Dame thing where everyone's like, oh my God, hyping them. And then they get to the natty and it's like, oh. Well, I remember that thing because didn't that, that came out. Didn't that come out as as being a farce between the Heisman ceremony and yeah. the national title? Because that was like a shadow over everything yeah. throughout that whole thing. Oh, and obviously we, had so we know many signs. We obviously we know it. what happened in that national title, which was probably going to happen regardless. But oh, it, yeah. it just made it worse. So um, he got catfished, right? Like he didn't make yeah. it all up. He got catfished. Well, that's that's the no. Theory. I think he made it up. I thought I thought I think, he legit think, got uh, tricked. Uh, I don't, I'm, I don't I'm know. Look, I'm I'm looking at the Wikipedia article right now. I'm, but it was I, like it was a long relationship. It was like many months, right? And like he thought yeah. This Didn't was they like, do like a news story on it? Or it was an exclusively an online relationship. They did, but I, I want to say, did they also have like um like a stand-in who, who like uh, called him on like a video call once? I, I, it seems vaguely familiar. Like anyway, it was wild. It was it was insane. Yeah. So um, anyway, um, I'm not really Ooh, sure. Oh yeah, we, a, we were talking a, about we were talking sorry. about defensive people in the Heisman. That's how we got on that. So uh, uh, <laughs> anyway, all right. So um, oh yeah, I have I didn't even talk about Matt Corral because we got off on that. But here's the deal with Matt Corral is I think he his ceiling is way up there. Like, I think the dude can ball out. Obviously we saw seven total touchdowns for him last week. Uh, However, obviously he, his style traditionally throughout his playing career has been a little bit more of a risk taker. Mm -hmm. So I think, whereas, you know, your, your Bryce Young's and others that are being talked about right now are going to be a little bit more careful with the ball. I think he's just kind of, he's going to sling it basically. And that's just kind of his style. And it's a, you know, feast or famine um now they've had a lot more feast lately than famine uh but we'll uh we'll see how that progresses i think he's got potential 
Uh, is he the best quarterback in the country? I don't know. I think he's in the conversation, but I don't know if he's there. So you look at the stats he is. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going straight off stats, he's under, he's a little under a thousand yards right now. And I think he's got eight or nine touchdowns. Uh, the next closest guy is, I think, 600, 700 yards. So yeah. Right. All right. Well, um, let's go ahead and get to our listener feedback. We have one comment to talk about here. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. All right. In this week's uh, segment, we have one comment from uh, Janet. Shout out to the mother-in-law. I, um, she says, I hope Alabama's weaknesses have been exposed and will be worked this week. The swamp is a difficult place for a visiting team. So even though it was by the skin of our teeth, we came out with a win. Roll tad, emphasis on the tad. So um, I don't know. Um, I, you know, obviously, let's just go ahead and talk to you, Jesse, about this one. What do you think about this? I mean, obviously, I assume you agree. So. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, it was exposure weekend. We, we walked in and, you know, they saw through our makeup and we have to redo it. Right. We did not look pretty. And, and Matt, as you said earlier, um, just talking about how they, um, you know, going into the fourth quarter. Yeah. Saban said as much. He said that, yeah, we, we seem tired down the stretch. And so yeah. going to have to fix that. I mean, obviously I know the strength and conditioning is something that you don't just, you know, flip a switch and all of a sudden, you know, no, it's not. we can do that for four quarters without getting tired. Um, but it's going to be something they're going to have to begin work on immediately. So. Uh, I can tell you that if if Bama plays if Bama plays a quality opponent that plays up, then they're going to run into a world of trouble on that score. Especially if they don't fix the problems that they had against Florida. Yep. When you're up twenty-one to three and you let your foot off their neck, I mm, that's 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 a bad sign. And so that's that's something that Saban said in a presser. We got to make sure we keep up the intensity. And I, I agree with him. You got to keep that intensity up. You, you can't let up if once you got your foot on their neck. And if if Florida had won, I don't know that Bama has given up a lead of that much like in the past decade, maybe it's longer. It's been a while. It it's has been a while. Time. I'm trying to think of who it would have been too, but. Yeah, it's, it's probably it's Auburn. It's rare. Sounds like, something, yeah. sounds like something that happened in an Iron Bowl. It does. Maybe. That's probably why I can't remember it. I've blocked it out. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So uh, let's go ahead and talk about uh, this week's upcoming matchups. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble. All right. Matt's got on the hat. He's ready to go. So It was good luck two weeks ago. Let's hope it works again. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, there you go. Um, all right, so uh, this week's matchups. The first one we've got is number two, Georgia at 3-0 at Vanderbilt, 1-2. and two. Uh, That's a noon kickoff on the SEC network. Um, I think this should be similar to SC last week for Georgia. I, I think we should maybe win by a little bit more. I got Georgia winning this one 42-9. Jesse? Yeah, this one's – I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to spend too much time. UGA, 52-6. Matt? Yeah, uh, Vanderbilt is going to be in for a long afternoon. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to say UGA wins this thing too, but I'm going to say they get a score after end a couple field goals. So I'm going to say UGA wins 42-13. All right, next we have LSU at 2-1 and one at Mississippi State, 2-1. and one. That's a noon kickoff on ESPN. If you guys recall last year, 
first game of the season, Mississippi State uh, passing all over that LSU defense. I don't know if we're we had see, so much hype. I don't know if we're going to see more of the same in this game, but uh, experts picking LSU to win in a close one. I'm going to go with the upset here. I'm th- I, I think it's going to be fairly close, but I'm going to flip it. I'm going to go with Mississippi State winning this one 30 to 27. So you ooh, think whatever ooh, needs to get boosted ooh. gets boosted? Whatever needs even to get boosted. Sometimes boosted things don't we don't know that they need to be boosted but they get boosted don't know what we're going to boost and but we're going to boost it's something mike leach's job it's mike leach's job to boost the thing that needs to get boosted so we can boost it so we can boost the thing yeah and boost boost the thing exactly. boost all the things so um, if, if you're a mississippi state fan and you don't have that on a t-shirt on game day at some point then i'm very disappointed disappointed they're more uh, mature than us i don't know what that means <laughs> but <laughs> oh man <laughs> Um, I wish I could pick Mike Leach, but I I just cannot. Um, I think it's close, but I'm going to pick LSU 28 to 24. All right, Matt, what you got? Yeah, I got, I, I, this is a, this is a toss up. This is a 50, 50. I think Mississippi state's going to come off of that loss against Memphis. I think they're going to be a little bit more focused in practice this week, but but I think LSU's just got more talent. Um, And I think that LSU's going to win this thing 21, 14. Okay. Next, we have Mizzou at two and one at Boston College, three and zero. That's noon on ESPN two. Um, I think this is another close one, um, and I am going to go with Mizzou on this one, but I think it's going to be tough, and I may regret this. I got Mizzou winning 38, 31 to twenty eight. Jesse, what you got? It could go either way, but I'm picking the upset. Boston College, twenty eight, twenty seven. All right, Matt. Mm, I hate picking games like this because you never know what's going to happen. Boston College right now is undefeated. They're 3-0 and on the season. They've got wins against Colgate, UMass, and Temple. They're playing at Boston College. They're, they, that won't make a difference. Um, it won't. It might. You don't know what that happens. Yes, right. right. I, listen, I have been to New England. They don't do football. They do some resemblance of it. Um, at the college, at the no. collegiate level, at the collegiate level, let me clarify, not pro. Belichick sold his soul to Satan. Anyway, moving on, or he's Nick Saban, and they're the same person. It's Nick you. Saban being Bill Belichick, not Satan. They're all the same guy. They're like a triple-headed monster. It's the anyway, triad. I, uh, I, How I'm many offensive things in one sentence? I. The coaching I'm triad. Say Mizzou. <laughs> I'm going to say Mizzou squeaks this one out. I'm going to say Mizzou wins 21-20. All right. Um, no, 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 oh, no, no. No, wait, no, no, I'm, no I'm, I'm going back. I'm going back. I'm going to say 24. Uh, oh, no, I just messed up the page. Hold on. You messed up the page. Gosh, dude. I, I did. What are you I did, doing? I did. I did. I did. I did. Uh, I'm going to say I'm gonna say Mizzou wins 24-16. There we go. 24-16. And you, thank you for fixing okay. the formatting. I appreciate that. Yes. <laughs> I, uh, just trying to do my part. <laughs> okay. Uh, next, we have number seven, Texas A&M, um, which I didn't put their record, but they're, what, three and three and oh, versus uh, number 16, Arkansas, three and oh. Uh, that's 330 on CBS from the AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. So um, I'm actually really excited about this one because I think that A&M is not as good as we think they are, or a lot of people think they are. And I think Arkansas is on a roll right now. And I think 
you don't want to play Arkansas right now because they're just in that frame of mind that um, they can beat anybody right now. Um, they're rolling, and um, I think it's going to continue. Um, if, if I am an AM, an A&M fan, I am worried about this one. Um, I'm going to pick Arkansas winning this one 28 to 21. Jesse, what you got? Okay. A little showdown in Fayetteville. <laughs> okay. Um, I truly would love to pick Arkansas, like truly, truly, truly. But I am going to pick Texas A&M. Um, Pains you. I know. It hurts on a spiritual level. Matt, what do you got? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and get it ready. Yes, sir. Lock it up. Arkansas is going to win this thing 20 to 17. Look at Arkansas being ranked, y'all. I don't know, right? 3 and 0. They're on a roll. Um, 1998 all over again. Telling you. How fun. All right. Let's get to Georgia State at 1 and 2 at number 23, Auburn, 2 and 1. Uh, this is a 4 o'clock kickoff on the SEC network. Um, yeah, it's, uh, they're going to, Auburn's going to steamroll Georgia state. I got Auburn 41 to 17, Jesse. Yeah. Auburn's at home. Don't trust it. Don't get your hopes up. Auburn 44, 17. We got to come up with something else. So the sweater vest is gone. It is. March, so what do they have now? I don't know. There's no more Gus bus. We got to figure out, we got to figure out what Harson what he wears and what he yeah. well obviously he didn't wear what he was supposed to wear because they lost to penn state last didn't week. he didn't gus malzahn would not have lost that game yeah he would have lost to uh, central florida so yes <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right that's, well, ironically yep. he's, he coaches for now um so yeah did we get everybody's picks on that one no, no. Yeah, Matt. okay what you what you got matt Always, always skipping me, man. Well, you yeah. you spoke and I lost my concentration. Sorry. That's anyway. true. That's true. Um, listen, Auburn's going to be really, really, really angry. Yeah. Really, really, really angry. Um, in fact, they may be like biblically angry. Um, so this is going to be awful. This is going to be terrible. There was also a tweet that I sent to you guys earlier. Oh, wow. um, and we need to yeah. confirm. We need to confirm this. I I don't I, and I looked around. I don't know if it's. I didn't if, see if it. That doesn't mean it didn't happen. But I didn't. That's see true. It. But I, it I, might I, have I been wanna, removed. It <laughs> might have been. I want to put this out there for consumption. We're not confirming this. This is an alleged quote. Uh, but according to War Bloggle on Twitter, uh, uh, this <laughs> the tweet says this: Whether he was joking or not, Georgia State's head coach just said this and other egregious things, including downplaying the Eagle in his weekly presser. What do and this is a quote from their their coach allegedly. What do I got to be scared of? Couple former SEC assistants with losing coaching records, not impressed by ranked Auburn. What is what is downplaying I, the eagle mean? Look at that I don't, eagle. I don't, Look at I don't, that eagle. Mean, he can't even fly right. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't even. Who is the head coach at Georgia State? Um, I looked him up. I don't remember his name. I, I, I can. Sean Elliott. Yes. Yeah. I couldn't find anything that confirmed that. Although. It looked like basically he knew what he was walking into. He was like, "Yeah, I mean, they're going to be, they're going to be great because they're Auburn. I mean, they're going to have guys, their recruits because they're Auburn." So, you guys, I'm looking, I'm looking at a picture of this guy, and yeah, he 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 looks like a yokel. He looks like he would say something like that. So, uh oh, 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 hold on a minute. Is it confirmed? Hold on a second. No, I just another little interesting little tidbit. Apparently, he coached under Save, uh, not Saban, under. Um, 
uh, under Steve Spurrier, oh. which that's out there's, there's your coaching tree with a little bit of fruit at the end of it. So that might be where that quote came from. Maybe he learned something from Steve. Y'all, those quotes may be real because I have just found oh. a whole list of this press conference. Oh, my. Let us begin. <laughs> oh, man. Just said, what you need to do. Give them bulletin board said, material. <laughs> welcome to the tea corner. Um, it is just Monday. We ain't been preparing much for them. Um, let's see. He said, uh, if you look at their interior defensive line, they've got some mammoth men in there. They're talented. And then he said, um, duh, 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 duh. Oh, where is it at? Just because they got a big old stadium and they like to cheer and there is going to be a little eagle flyover, I don't think we're going to be shell-shocked. Oh, honey. Honey, what are you doing? Oh, it gets better. No, this one. No one is going to put a ring on your finger for going out and beating Auburn. He said, too, we felt like we could play with them. It is really no different if you go play in Auburn or Alabama or in Charlotte. We are going to surge through this Auburn bunch and see if we can find some creases in that defense and some struggles in that offense where we can control this game and see what happens. Guys, guys, this is a team that this season has lost to Arnie and North Carolina. Can I can I change my pick to like 80 to zero? Because <laughs> oh they're just going to pour it on. They might have a little old eagle flyover just because they like cheer. Why would you do that to yourself? Why why would you do that to your players? Right. Because, like, don't get me wrong, I I can't stand Auburn as a Georgia fan, but like, I'm not going to say that kind of stuff about them before a game. You don't, you don't, you don't want your coach to say that about them before you go into a game. It's just asking for trouble. Why? Like, why? Especially if you're Georgia State, you know you're going to get pummeled anyway. I, I, what are you doing, bro? Anyway. Sorry, uh, that was tea corner. No, no, that was good. I appreciate oh, that because it oh my God. It, it gives God, a lot of context for what's going to happen. Oh, and, and do you know what I just where I just read all of that from? The, uh, not War Blow Gold, was it? The <laughs> Auburn Plainsmen. Auburn uh, covered yes. that. Yeah. Yeah, that so they know they know they heard you. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So not going to note to self. Things not going to end well for Georgia State this week. Um, All right. Let's move on to Tennessee at Florida. Number 11, Florida. Both both these teams two and one right now. Uh, Seven o'clock on ESPN. Now, look, I think Florida's got to be careful though here because they're coming off like a a, a brutal game physical game against bama they're going to be a little bit beat up because of that game uh also a danger of possibly overlooking tennessee and i'm you know not discrediting tennessee but i'm just saying they might think okay we played against bama and we hung with them so we should Mm -hmm. be able to beat tennessee right and i think this is one of those deals where mullen's got to get his team focused because if they're not careful i think they could they could drop this one i really do um so um, it's it's a danger, it's a kind of a, a trap game, so to speak. But I I, I don't know. I'm just going to kind of go with my gut as far as uh, what the experts think. I got Florida winning this one, 35 to 21. But they need to be careful. Jesse, what you got? 
I agree with you there. I think they definitely need to be careful. It's advantageous for them because they're again at the swamp. Um, so that helps, but I'm going to pick the Gators 31, 14. Okay. Matt, what you got? If you follow me on Twitter this afternoon, I actually tweeted, retweeted a picture. There's a picture of Ben Affleck. You've seen the picture of Ben Affleck looking very downtrodden, smoking a cigarette, standing outside a uh, downtrodden, a, a, very downtrodden. And he, and, but somebody has superimposed an orange sweater with Tennessee across the chest on him. Uh-huh. Um, and obviously I retweeted that and I said mood um, <laughs> because that's the mood. Um, what I want to have happen is I want a repeat of the 2001 Tennessee-Florida game where it comes down to a field goal and somebody kicks and Tennessee puts a field goal through the uprights as time expires. That's what I want to have happen. Um, I would love Mm -hmm. to do that in Florida Stadium, to do that to them at night in the swamp. That'd be great. Mm -hmm. What I think is going to actually happen, though, is that sorry, Florida's probably going to beat the brakes off us for three and a half quarters and then put their their second and third strings in and then we'll close it up to make it look tighter than it is. Um, Our offense is is decent, or at least it's looked decent. I don't know how it's going to stack up against an SEC defense. This will be the first true test. Um, I don't know how our defense is going to stack up against their offense. I'm hoping, like you said, Wes, that they're beat up and a little hungover and a little winded after going toe-to-toe with Bama. Um, I'm hoping that we catch them, but I don't think we will. And so I'm going to say Florida wins this thing 28-21. 28-21 or 28-14? Well, 28-14. 28, 28, 28, 28, okay. So. All right. Um, Looking at the wrong thing. Uh, I, th- I mean, I'm, I think it's going to be interesting to watch. I, I wanna, I'm going to definitely be tuned into that one. So, um, all right, next we have Kentucky at 3-0 at South Carolina, 2-1, 7 o'clock on ESPN2. Um, I think, so this one will probably be fairly close. I think Kentucky does have the edge though. South Carolina, Carolina is improved from last year, obviously. Uh, but I don't think that they're quite where the, the Kentucky program is. I got Kentucky winning this one, 27 to 21. Jesse. Yeah, I think these are two well-matched teams, but I am going to give it to the Wildcats, uh, 28, 21. Okay. Matt. I want to point out the stat that I read that said that Kentucky has won seven out of the last eight contests against South Carolina. Mm-hmm. However, I was not overly impressed with what we saw at Kentucky last weekend. They looked beatable. Um, they shouldn't have struggled with UTC like they did, but they did. Um, so I'm actually going to call the upset here. I'm going to say that Carolina finds a way. Shane Beamer gets his first big SEC win, and I'm going to say South Carolina wins this thing 20 to 17. Okay. And that, I mean, that would be something. That would be fun. Um, yeah. All the Carolina fans around me would be very happy. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Very happy. Uh, uh, I, I mean, I just, I want it to be a competitive game, but I just have this, this gut instinct that says that South Carolina is going to find a way to make this thing happen. I, I'm, I'm probably completely wrong, and Kentucky will be in like 45 to 10, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see. Um, all right. Uh, and then finally, we have Southern Miss at one and two at number one, Alabama, three and oh, 730 on SEC Network. Um, this is going to be like one of those tune up games. Bama's going to have in all their third stringers by the second quarter. Um, and, and they win this one uh, soundly, 55 to three. <laughs> Matt, I'm laughing. Jesse, what do you got? 
Um, I'm not as, as confident as Matt is. I'm very confident in this game. Um, I hope we, uh, we got chewed out this week. I hope practice goes well and that we get our head in the game. And I'm picking Bama 47 to 10. 47 10. All right, Matt. <laughs> 33 field goals in this game for Bama's kickers. 99 <laughs> nothing is the final score. Oh, my gosh. If Matt, if you leave that score in there and you get the point for <laughs> So, oh, no, nah, I won't do that. All right. Okay. I was just uh, said the uh, next thing is, are you going to change it or? Nah, I, know, I, I was like, leave I, it, leave it. I, I was, I was going to wait a minute, but yeah, I yeah. probably should. <laughs> um, I'm going to say Bama wins this thing. Let's say 66 to 10. Okay. Nice, nice number. So 66. Nick Saban seems appropriate. He'll probably like sixes. Uh huh. Saying <laughs> hater. Okay. All right. So uh, let's get to our just for fun segment of this week, and uh, I'm really interested to see what you guys have to say on this one. If you had to pick an SEC head coach to be to be your meal planner for the week, who would it be, and why? I'll go first because I, I really want to hear what you guys have to say. And I think. If I, if I had to pick, I would go with um, Sam Pittman because the dude mm. is a competitive barbecue master. Ah. <laughs> and it's just going to be nothing but good stuff to eat. That's where my mind went. Uh, Jesse, what you got? You know, I think I'm going to go with Mike Leach. Okay. Because I feel like he probably reads like old pirate cookbooks. <laughs> and is is adventurous in his cuisine and then he probably is also if he makes something and it tastes really terrible he's probably like we'll go get a happy meal it's fine <laughs> right you uh, you open your uh, your your meal prep kit for lunch and there's like a stuffed pheasant or there's stuffed <laughs> pheasant there is like seared ahi tuna maybe some octopus i don't know it could get weird but then also he'll be like, uh, you did a good job though this week. I threw in some popcorn shrimp. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I love it. Matt, uh, what you got? Um, before we get into who I would like to pick, I want to talk about who I wouldn't pick, and that'd be Kirby Ooh. Smart. Because Kirby oh, Smart, of course. Kirby Smart uh, strikes me as the kind of guy that would probably just hand you a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and say, here. Um, just because he seems very no frills, not very exciting kind of. Uh, bland, much like his teams. Um, and <laughs> ah, have fun, <laughs> enjoy it. <laughs> Sorry, I'll get that back in November when they beat us like fifty-six <laughs> to three. Um, who I would rather have picking out, and y'all aren't gonna y'all aren't gonna believe me when I say this, but I'm gonna go with I'm gonna say Eli Drinkwitz, and here's why: Drinky strikes me as being very bougie uh very um kind of hoity-toity uh to turn a phrase uh so i think his spread would be very um very kind of continental also a lot of french cuisine uh which could be kind of fun um like a lot of foie gras maybe some uh escargot you know something Mm -hmm. really fancy something he would bring out on a plate that's this big and it's just like a chip and a little piece of cheese. Like he's, he's he strikes me as being that kind of uh, 
that kind of guy. Now that would be fun just for the experience of it. Obviously when you actually got into, is this going to actually be food worth eating? Uh, obviously that wouldn't be the case, but. I know fun. I was sad. Gus Malzahn was no longer in the mix. Cause you know, I would have chosen him in the charcuterie board that you know, he would have prepped for yeah. you in his sweater vest when he wasn't in at Waffle sweater. house. So Gustavo <laughs> Malzahn, whatever yeah. his name was. Arthur Gustavo Malzahn the third. Exactly. Hey, the pate that would have been on that board. Ah. Speaking speaking of former SEC coaches, you know what you get from Derek Mason? Uh. Protein drink. Just a protein, protein shake. That's all it would be. Gatorade gel. Just be that would be it. I, w- I was thinking Nick Saban what? is gonna prep you oh two little dead no, cream no, pies in the no. morning. That's exactly what, so I forgot to say this. I don't want Saban to plan my meals because I don't want like oatmeal cream pies and a Coke for breakfast every day. <laughs> it works. I mean, yeah, that's fine. It works for him, I guess, but uh, him. whatever. Um, also, um, I feel like Eli Drinkwitz would have some something nutritional because he's, we got to get you ready for Toughness Tuesday and circle the wagons. And so, yeah, all that stuff, so. Circle the wagons. He's making straight chili, but it's like low, low cow chili, and you're just like, okay. <laughs> yeah, you've circled the wagons, but you're you're cooking low cow chili. You've lost all credibility. Okay, is, so. you know what? Though? I I I could see Mike Leach like doing like some experimental like gastro. Uh, what's mm-hmm. it called? Um, like making milkshakes with astronomy. Like, yeah. Oh. Yes. Like some ridiculous stuff. Like I could see Mike Leach totally doing that. I yeah. also feed you slime on accident. Who knows? You know who else? It would be fun to eat like him for a week. It would be Coach O. Chicken on a stick? That, that was actually going to be my second choice because yeah. I don't like spicy stuff anyway. He's got all that Cajun stuff going on. Jambalaya. Except what he talks about is chicken on a stick right, fried and ham sandwiches. Right. You're like, wait. Surely you didn't have that on the bayou, right? <laughs> like, come on now. Ed, I think you're missing something. Yeah. Now you know you know Lane is over there with his uh, Taco Bell. His ca- oh, it's I was gonna say his Taco Bell. I was gonna say ah, his, his 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 California burgers and his avocado toast. Oh my! Girl. Oh yeah, he's definitely he's, he's living moss. <laughs> the Taco Bell. The, the he's got a um, whatever you call like the Mountain Dew Green Breeze drink. Yeah, the the big gulp. <laughs> the big gulp he's got the the thing that they're talking about constantly the um chicken sandwich taco he's in it yeah what what about jimbo i was i was just Jimbo's thinking just about giant, jimbo just a giant porterhouse with a mountain full of mashed potatoes probably that's every meal Pro- probably um yeah see, trying, i could see i can see the wheels grinding around trying to think of what what's an average car salesman's uh meal <laughs> general so's chicken i don't know <laughs> oh man i don't know it's well, anything's gonna be better than um harbaugh and his steak and milk that's because oh, that's gosh. what you'd get <sighs> well we know um we know what's his name Side of khakis. Uh, we know that shane beamer is chick-fil-a because he's a chick-fil-a franchisee right <laughs> really according no that um remember that that uh thing we were passing around it was like if i didn't know that these guys were head coaches oh, yeah, 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 based yeah, on their yeah. appearance this is what i think yeah. their jobs would be yeah. and he was the chick-fil-a it- franchise he's also carrying it in one of the big old giant like old school pails like his dad used to have up at uh virginia tech for the defense to carry around right (laughs) oh man i love it um 
because each each of these coaches has their own personality and i love how all these things like translate to that so yeah what's mullen eating oh oh gosh um is it bad that the first thing that came to my mind was ho-hos <laughs> i don't know why no 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 that's frost <laughs> freeze. Yeah. Freeze. 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 freeze sorry you freeze thank you you freeze i'd botch my own joke but yeah uh, whatever but it, you know, the sad thing is is that we knew what you we knew what you meant it, 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 I, I made it to connect it was it was topical Colin is eating like whatever cousin eddie eats it well just, i was thinking yeah. you know how in uh in uh, green jello crackers. green jello or you know in um when they're all at the dinner table and he's got the big bowl of mashed potatoes he scoops some out takes a bite and then puts the big spoon back that's what dan mullen's doing <laughs> oh man all right well uh that's a good a good note to end it on let's uh let's get you out of here um if you would like to contact us please hit us up in email at pigskinsandpageantry at gmail.com you can check us out on facebook at facebook.com slash pigskinsandpageantry also check us out on twitter at ppscc podcast we can also be found on instagram at pigskins and pageantry we are available for download on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and most podcasting apps for iPhone, Android, and other operating systems. Again, super proud to be a part of the uh, Blue Wire Hustle program and, uh, and looking forward to uh, more days with that. So if you enjoyed the show, uh, please subscribe and review. We'd love five stars to tell people uh, just how awesome we are. Uh, until next time, this is Wes. Go dogs. All right, y'all. We can do this. We're not going to drink the rat poison. It's going to be fine. Don't start bar fights. Roll time. <laughs> drink the rat poison, please. Also, while we're asking for pleases, please let Tennessee beat Florida this weekend. Please let Tennessee beat Florida this weekend. Please. please. Go balls. Good times. Hey, y'all.